on the fourth Tuesday, they will talk about death. Welcome to the Mastermind Library. I am John Perry, the Reach Architect, and to my right is... Derek Agerberg, the Approval Coach. And today we're going to talk about Tuesdays with Maury uh, by Mitch Album. Uh, this has been around now for 30 years. Isn't that crazy? It is. And, you know, it says Tuesdays with Maury, and we'll get a little bit more into why it's titled that, yet uh, this has been the third recorded podcast that we're doing, yet this is the fourth podcast we're doing, and... We do these on Tuesdays. We do. We do do these on Tuesdays. And thinking back to it, we've been meeting almost every Tuesday for over a decade mm -hmm. in one way, shape, or form. One could say we are Tuesday people. We are Tuesday people. So. Good intro. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it's very important to also mention this was your mother's favorite book. It was. Uh, your mother, Sally, uh, passed not that long ago as well. About two years about ago two now. years ago. And... Uh, you, you shared with me that this was her favorite book. She even had a mural in her house. And this book was so important that they actually worked this uh, cover of this book into the mural. They did. On, of her house. And she was so proud of that mural. Oh, you know what's just kind of a sideline? It's, it's interesting that you don't know what you know until it's later in life type thing. And, you know, as a, as a younger kid, high school-ish, my mom gave me the book. And I didn't understand really what the point of the book was back then. But more importantly, not more importantly, but she did. She hired a guy and literally painted from one end to the other of the house in her family room this mural, and she painted a table not unlike this and had a copy of Tuesdays with Maury sitting there on the table for everybody to see when, when they walked in. And, you know, if you really paid attention, she had some other hidden things in the mural, super cool, and, you know, it's too bad you can't just take that wall out and take it with you. But um, I do have some pictures. We can post those on our webpage if you want sure. as well. Just kind of cool. Um, but no, this book was introduced to me by my mom 30 plus years ago. And, you know, it was one of those that, that I was not an avid reader, but I, I read and my mom said, Hey, look, I really want you to read this book. And I did. And it was kind of slightly impactful then as a young kid, but didn't really pay attention. And then you and I kind of had this idea of the mastermind library and I don't know what hit me, but kind of the, it's a Tuesday thing. And what are some of the meaningful books that we've read before? And that's what made me suggest the book. Now, as somebody who's read it for the first time, what's your takeaways? What, what's your thoughts on the book and the concept? I think it is a great reminder to not be trapped in life, to live it to take advantage of the moments you're in and feel them. It talks about when an element was detachment. You can't detach until you fully embrace that emotion and whatever it could uh, penetrate through you mm -hmm. and you feel it in your soul and then you can detach to be part of a situation. It, it talks about, you know, we all gonna die, yet we are so prideful egotistical, naive to think that it's not going to happen to us. Right. Yet it's always going to happen to us. At some point in time, our number is going to be up and we can review our life as to what we did with it. Did we make an impact? Uh, you know, did we help someone? Were we selfish? Uh, were we spiteful? 
did we hold grudges? And you don't want to live with those kind of regrets. And so there's many aspects I can take from this book, uh, you know, as far as living. It also talks about dealing with the death of someone you care about. You know, one point in time, he said that death isn't the end of the relationship. There's still a relationship, mm-hmm. even though one person is passed on. That's quite so profound. It is. And so for everybody who's not read the book, the let's give kind of the, the timeline of the book. Sure, sure. There's a college student who learns of this professor and he takes his class and that was kind of the relationship is teacher student and and, but he called him coach 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 and player so it was this relationship of a a college professor and a student that developed and he was one of his great students and they they bonded and then 20 plus years later this very successful um highly money motivated business person Journalist. heard on on the TV to couple that his former uh, professor was dying of a disease and they were starting to interview him and so he went back and made contact with his professor and the Tuesdays with Maury is spending every Tuesday with Maury basically continuing their studies with and as they say without books, without a classroom, without assignments, without grades kind of thing. Um, but it really is this continuation of life studies in a private environment with somebody who is guaranteed to pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of the, the premise of the book is, you know, you're learning how death's observation and some of the life skills from somebody going through that process. Now, going back to the long list of things that you just mentioned, Um, and you know, again, detachment. So I read this book, my mom passed away, really reminded me of a lot of things as you and I kind of developed the mastermind library. And you think, you know, not unlike what Maury and and Mitch just went through, um, I got to spend lots of time with my mom because she was at home. And unfortunately during the COVID era, you know, you really didn't go to the hospital if it was not, not necessary. And so she and I spent lots of time at the house along with the rest of the family. And, you know, she declined and declined and declined. And, you know, she passed away peacefully on the couch. Um, And, you know, you think, how many life lessons did she teach me similarly that what the coach taught his player there? Now, detachment, that's been several years for me since my mom passed away. I know you just went through this with your mom. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, Mary Lou Perry passed away less than a month ago. A little less than um, a month, yes. There was an amazing obituary in the paper this mm-hmm. last week. So you and your dad clearly did a great job. But did this book help you at all with that? Did you even reflect on this book knowing this was happening with your mom? Or was it two different avenues? It did and it didn't. Um, there is definitely aspects of the book that resonated because I finished it the first time just before. And then I just finished it again earlier this morning. 
And I think your brain processes information that is important to you at that moment in time. So there's aspects of it before, and then there's aspects of it now that I'm glad to be reminded of, Mm -hmm. to think about things framed in a very specific way of how she is, how she would want me to be, and I'm grateful for that. So I have to make an observation. You know, some of the books that we read, they're good, and, and you know, you might take a few nuggets. Some are impactful, and some are, are just wisdom imparting in a way that you don't really realize maybe you're being educated the way you are. And I, this is one of those books that a, a teenager, an 18 year old teenager could read this book in probably a day or two and it's not a big deal, but it's the wisdom that's in there that helps you deal with life and helps you deal with death and, and gives you a different perspective in a way that we don't really talk about death and dying much. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why, maybe it's that naive. There's a, there's a stigma to it too, you mm-hmm. know? I'm gonna live forever until I'm not. I'm going to take on the world until I can't. So I think there's a naivety, I think there's an arrogance to it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't think about it, it can't happen to me. I mean, how many times, no matter anything tragic happens to us, if we don't think about it, surely it can't happen to us. Said every person on the planet just Ever. before an accident. Um, now, you know, we talk about reading the books tangibly, you know, tactically. We talk about audiobooks. This is one of those books I would tell everybody, get both. Read it. But if you listen to the audiobook, it's actually Mitch speaking. And then the updated 25th anniversary, they actually have Maury speaking and talking about some things as well. From the tapes that Mitch was recording him during his interview sessions, yes. those last 14 weeks, he was meeting with them. So again, knowing that this was, all of the sessions are recorded and this is kind of how Mitch gleaned his information for the book. Mm-hmm. But then having never heard, you know, again, when I read this, you know, years and years ago, you assume what somebody sounds like, you assume what they're trying to, to say, but hearing the inflection points from the author, or better yet, hearing Maury actually speak mm-hmm. and say what he wants to say, um, I, I wish I could have heard my mom talk about the book if she had been able to listen to the authors speak. Knowing it was her favorite book, I would have loved to have that adult to adult conversation, not okay, mom, I'll read the book kind of a thing. Um, but you talk about the relationship doesn't end. That's why we do burials and funerals and you go back to a gravesite is you're, you're continuing that relationship that direction mm-hmm. because you think you have to physically be there. But this also talks about that mental relationship and the learning that has been passed Yes. And, and I think that's my big takeaway is how many things can we learn from other people that sometimes we wait until it's too long, too late? At the same token, we got to be in a place where we're actually, truly, and honestly willing to learn. You know, he talks about 
uh, Maury talks about that there was, he's 78 when he passes, I believe. And he talks about, you know, not wanting to get younger again. He wants to be at that point because he's been at all those points. He's been that three-year-old whose mother had to take care of. He's been that 30-year-old who's been out in the world. He's been this 50-year-old professor. He's been an activist. He's done a lot. And those accumulation of experiences has made him who he is then. He doesn't want to go back to necessarily relive the good old days. He wants to take in that wisdom that he has gained, Mm -hmm. yet he was only ready to take in that wisdom as he struggled through those points in his life. I bet you anything, you give me this book two years ago, I would have said, yeah, that's a nice book. That's a nice story. Mm -hmm. Different context, different situations of life will allow information to hit you differently. And this just happened to hit me at a very unique point in my life. And I'm grateful for it. It also then shares all these little aspects of life. You know, I can acknowledge that two years ago. Nice book. Mm-hmm. Good story. Based on a true story. Sure. Fantastic. Now it's gotten me almost in tears. But I think that's every one of us, if we're willing to take the blinders off just a little bit. And and you hit the nail on the head. When I read this book, you know, as a as a young adult, okay, nice book. Thanks, Mom. And I'm, I'm sure I probably gave her attitude and an eye roll and a huff, you know, those things that I'm sure she's laughing right now going, see, I told you. Um, but at the same time, sometimes it, it's not turning the filter. It's, it's peeling the, the filters off and saying, okay, you know what? Everybody has a story. Every person on this planet has a story if we're willing to, to listen and I'm sure every person on this planet has some wisdom they can impart. Look, you can teach me and a hundred other people some stuff. I hope I have that same skill. This skill of, hey, let's take this life lesson and help people deal with learning and, and, and illness and death. But it's a beautiful story about a relationship and a friendship mm-hmm. and a camaraderie to impart wisdom on other people. And, you know, I don't want anybody to think, oh, my gosh, this is a doom and gloom book. No, no, it, it really is a beautiful story about, wow, what a world it would be if everybody took just that little bit of extra care mm-hmm. in their relationships. Now, you and I deal with it kind of in a in a sadder way because we both relate our mom's passing to this. Um, and you can certainly use that as one of these books to to help you deal with that. Yes. But it's really a book about. Hey, we're, we're Tuesday people, John, you and I have been Tuesday people for a decade or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just never connected the dots that how much have you grown? How much have I grown? But how much have you helped me grow? How much have I helped you grow? And you know what? Maybe your staff has grown more because you've grown. Maybe my staff has grown more because I've grown. And maybe both of us see that just because of somebody else's vision called Mitch and Maury. I think that's a fair assessment. I think that over the last 10 years, I know I've grown as an individual. Uh, For a long time, I stated that I was very set in who I was. And that was a good thing uh, because then you knew exactly where I was. I wasn't changing from day to day, week to week, month to month, and barely even, I think, year to year, you know. 
as my wife grew and took some things, you know, I was right there by her side. We didn't grow apart. She grew and I was there to support her. You know, in the last couple of years, I think I've changed quite a bit. And my wife has been a little bit more stable. It's not that she's not growing. She's just not growing at the same rate she was. So she's been more stable while I've been growing and we've been going side by side and making that relationship stronger by not actively growing and potentially growing in other ways. Part of what they talk about in this book is marriage and why do people divorce so much? You know, they, they, they lightly touch on that, mm-hmm. you know, partly because uh, Maury's and Charlotte's marriage is long lasting and Mitch and his wife, Janine's marriage is long lasting, but he took a while to get into that marriage with his wife to figure out what it was, partly because, yeah, he was a high profile sports journalist chasing the dollars, mm-hmm. living the jet setting life of a sports journalist, I imagine, in the nineties. Of a celebrity. As, as a, of a celebrity with his byline in the, in the, in the paper. He said when uh, he was laid off, you know, the world went on around him and that was a reality check for him. Mm-hmm. I think that never being in a large market, we realize the world goes on without yeah. us. So how do we make our impact? Where do we celebrate our wins? What kind of life do we celebrate of ours and those around us? Do we care enough to ask our friends, how are you? And when they say, just fine, do we probe that extra question to make sure that, are they having any really big challenges that we may be able to help them with? Right. And it's so easy to get stuck in that passive, polite role. You know, there's a, phrase that someone told me about is east coast people are helpful and rude west coast people are polite and useless Uh, you get a flat tire on the side of the road on the east coast somebody will pull over and be like what's wrong you jerk you know what you can't change your tire you didn't your mother raise you what kind of idiot you know they berate them all the same time they're getting out their car jack they're lifting up the car they're undoing it Mm. they're changing out the tire and getting them like yeah i have a good day on the west coast people will walk by and be like oh you got a flat tire Ooh, sorry you know that's unfortunate you know i feel bad for you that's really stinks yeah and then they just kind of pass on it's a generality i mean mm-hmm. those are a lot yet that's kind of what i can envision some of what maury is is he's the politeness with the helpfulness that isn't existing too much in our world it seems like we fall under one or the both it's it, I don't think you're wrong, and I think we have been so programmed with society that we're surface-level people mm-hmm. that, you know, when, how are you? Fine. How are you? Great. Fine. Okay, good. Now that we got those unpleasantries out of the way, now we can go about our, our business. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, hey, let me, let me be there with you, let me go through the pain with you, let me see if I can be of, of service, and it feels like lots of things are bothers and you know seeing Mitch spend every Tuesday back with Maury his beloved coach and spending week after week after week with him um, that took an enormous amount of energy and thought mm-hmm. and time away from whatever else he was doing and yet it was very impactful to two guys in Yuma Arizona of all places and you think wait a minute 
he didn't start out with that. No. He ended with this. And how many things do we do that we should just start out being helpful and relational? And you know what? If something comes out of it later, great. If you helped one person, that's great as well. Um, but sometimes we just get so busy trying to get through the day that we forget somebody may need a lot more help get through the day mm -hmm. than we do. Um, you know, to your credit, the morning, the Tuesday morning after your mom passed away Monday night, mm -hmm. you came in. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know the story several weeks ago, that was really impactful that you came in because you didn't want to let down this because I think of a relational thing and maybe you just needed a, a break as well. I don't, I don't know. Um, but that was impactful because the relationship was important. And how many things do we need to look at that intentional to say, wait a minute, I know I'm in pain or I know I'm struggling or I know I have things to do or whatever it is, but I got to go help that person. I've got to be Mitch going to help Maury and ironically, Maury helps Mitch way more than Mitch helps Maury. But you don't know that until you go through it. So for me, you said it. The intentionalness is not, how are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. It, it is, no, really, John, how's it going? You know, how are you doing? How's your dad doing? And, and asking those real questions. Um, and I go back, my one wish, I wish I could have had an adult conversation with my mom about the book because I never really understood what, what they were trying to say, because, not because they didn't do a good job of it. I wasn't in the right frame of reference in life. And so you think, what else would my mom, what would she have wanted to talk about? That's my take. That's a good take. Okay. So what, uh, you know, for me, I, I re-listened to Maury one more time this morning um, just a charismatic kind of, I don't want to say no caring kind of guy, but just didn't care what people thought. He just spoke his mind in a, he told Mitch the truth, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's kind of the takeaways. Sometimes we just have to be that shoot straight to the heart, honest as well. And I think that we need to accept and work with what life gave us, not cope with it, work with it, find the joys within it. You know, he talked about at the beginning when he, in his interview with Ted Koppel, it's like, he is not looking forward to the day that he has to have someone wipe his butt. You know, at the end he says, I'm enjoying it. I'm being treated like a baby. We all want that unconditional love and being taken care of at some internal level. We all want to know that we are loved and taken care of. And he just put a spin on it to revel in that, even in one of the most, most people would feel degraded, degraded way. Mm -hmm. He found a way to put a positive mental push that this is going to be okay. This is more than okay. This is living. This is being loved. And I don't know many people who could do that. I don't either, but that's, I think that's everything in life. If you really look at the book, 
there's so many life lessons that you can take out of it. So turn the prism. Mm-hmm. What, what could I find beneficial, educational, joyful, relational out of whatever it is? Um, you know, you get a flat tire, like you were talking about the flat tire. Okay. How fascinating. I wonder what I can learn out of this. You know, maybe it's check my tires more often. Maybe it's check the tire pressure. Maybe it's, Hey, don't run over the big steel grate right in front of me. I don't know what it is, but do you, do you treat everything as a life learning lesson and do you maybe go back and reflect on it? And so, you know, for my take to Mitch, the author, it's kudos and thank you for spending those weeks and weeks and weeks recording these things and then putting it in a useful fashion book that's an easy read, but a deep book if you actually want to take the blinders off and get into it. And I think realistically, and going through the book, you don't hear it, but in the, again, the 25th anniversary when they talk about things at the end, the real unsung hero of this book is the publisher that took a shot on it. Mm -hmm. They stepped up to the plate with Mitch proposing them this book about a man dying and bought it. And those bills or that money helped pay for the end of life care of Maury so that he could have less of that burden to worry about. Because I think anyone who ever goes away, they do never ever want to be a burden. There's Mm -hmm. a difference of being taken care of, like he was talking about and being a burden on somebody. And financially, I think, partly because of the society we live in, we do not ever want to actively be somebody else's financial burden. And that's a different thing. And so the publisher of the initial book who advanced the money and got this ball rolling, I am so grateful for them for taking a chance because there wasn't enough time for the 25 rejections of Jack Canfield or the 50 rejections of J.K. Rowling. There wasn't enough time. They took a shot and a chance on a sports journalist writing a very in-depth, I don't want to say psychological, but something along that line book with his old coach. Mm -hmm. And for everybody who, who, when you read the book, understand that publisher is also the one when Mitch said, "I, I, I don't know how to put this into a story, just said, hey, write it in a really conversational manner, just... You know, it's you two talking. It didn't have to be a third-party fictitious story that's overblown. Mm-hmm. It's just you two having a conversation. So those two things, I think the publisher taking the chance and the words of wisdom of just make it a conversation is is really what came to fruition. And so, again, you go back to they didn't start out with the idea to write the book. No. Mitch just started out going to see his old coach and wanting to spend time with somebody end of life and it's turned into something that has has made a difference in my life made a difference in mine so now where do you rate this book on your shelves this is on my top 13 it so um for those that have have kind of come on this journey with the mastermind library with us uh we have a rating of your top 13 books your second 13 books your third 13 books and then I thought it was top 13 second 26 oh okay sorry math is wrong but top 13 books and this is one of those life-changing impactful books and and you know me I'm a type a high d personality I like bullet points I like structure order discipline let's go 
And this is turn the prism, take the filters off. This is one of those, those life books that reminds me, wait a minute, there's a relationship behind everything. And if I am willing to invest in the relationship, I can learn way more out of a lot of people's life skills than assuming I know everything in my, my high D type a personality. Mm -hmm. And so top 13, probably for the rest of my life there. And I know we say, well, you know, maybe something will knock a book off and move it down to the second shelf. Um, but it's been introduced to me a long time ago. I now really understand what the book was, what mom was trying to tell me. Um, so top 13 for me, for sure. How about for you? For me, it's a second shelf. And this is why, like I mentioned earlier, two years ago would not have had the same amount of impact. I'm reserving my top 13 for not just those books that had a major impact on me, but for something that I can give away to something else and will have a near immediate impact on them. And this is a book that I really truly believe you need to be at a certain point in your life in order to be ready to receive the wisdom it can impart on you. Now, I'm going to challenge you on that because when you say giveaway, and John, I know for everybody listening, you and I do a lot of book giveaways and, and that's kind of our way to give back as well. Um, I bought a copy for everybody on my staff mm -hmm. and asked them, didn't make them. I asked them to read it. And all of them said that was a phenomenal book and thank you for giving it to them. So I, I don't know that people need, um, to be in the right place. I think they need the right person giving it to them and they need to be probably older than a teenager kind of a thing. Um, well, but impactful as well. I, I would argue the level of impact is going to be different for a 20 year old than a 30 year old, than a 40 year old, than maybe a 50 year old and a 60 year old and a 70 year old. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not saying that there isn't a 20 year old who given this book under the right circumstances or wrong circumstances, however they may be, may be the most impactful thing in their life. There's equally a good chance that giving it to a 40 year old me four years ago, be like, Oh, this is a really neat book and not really take to heart some of what it is because they can't relate. Mm -hmm. You know, part of what makes a good hero's journey, a great story is being able to put yourself in the role of the character. Real, fictitious, that's what really grabs you. If, you. if you can put yourself and be like, wow, if I was there, if I was feeling this, you can feel those emotions, you can, you can relate to it, you can emote with it. If you can't be there and it's just like watching a TV show from a third person perspective, yeah. you're missing something. So I'm not saying this can't make an impact on people. It's why I still have it on my second shelf. It's just, I want them to have an immediate major impact. Only 13 books. Yeah. And, and so I would still give this book away to people. I give this book away every day if I could and I had the resources. It's a really great book. Just top 13. Those, Understood. It's just like we talked about with another book that we'll talk about eventually. I, it's not my favorite book from that author. It's not the one that had the most impact on me, yet this one sets up the domino effect mm -hmm. to get to this one. So is that one that we'll talk about later on your top 13? It is because, because of that domino effect. So for everybody who, again, wants to see your top 13, my top 13, if you go on mmlibrary.com, yes. you'll see our shelves. Yes. And so my rankings, your rankings. And here's what the, the beauty for me is, neither is right or wrong. It's this is what's impactful for me. Mm -hmm. And had you asked me 
three years ago before my mom passed, would this have been my top 13? Probably not. But now it's reminded me of certain things. So things are going to ebb and flow up and down on, on our shelves as well. But what I love about the mastermind library is it's an ever continuing journey for education and growth and a discussion. And sometimes you like it and I hate it. And sometimes I like it and you hate it. And sometimes we both love it. And sometimes we both say, don't, don't do that one again. Um, but it's this journey of growth and education that I think for me that the library always had that feeling of, okay, there's something special here in this library. I got to go in and get a book. I didn't have to go. I got to go get a book. And so for me, having my shelves, I get to have my shelves and I get to pay attention to this and I get to be on this journey with a Tuesday person like yourself. So I'm excited to see what the library turns into over the next 10 years, knowing we've been Tuesday people for the last 10 years. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, top 13, great book, uh, would certainly suggest everybody go get a hard copy of it and read it. Um, but get the audiobook. very impactful listening to the author speaking with his voice and his inflections, his emotions. Mm-hmm. Most impactful is actually listening to Maury speak his, his tapes in, the, at the end. in the end. Um, so from Derek Egberg, the approval coach, I love this book. John Perry, the reach architect. I absolutely adore this book as well. So from all of us, this is the Mastermind Library. We'll see you next week.